My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, but afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered the first. Jesus said to them, amen, I say to you. Tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Some of you probably have heard of the popular Catholic Christian songwriter named Matt Marr. Many younger Catholics or people who have gone to uh, the Focus Conference in the past have heard of him and gone to different concerts and stuff. And if you look in the back of our, our Choose Christ books, you'll see his name. is written in a lot of the, the Mass settings and different music that we use at Mass here. This past year, his appeal really stretched to where one of his latest songs Alive and Breathing ended up charting on both Rolling Stone and Billboard's secular charts. In any event, a few years ago, before he really started to gain in popularity, he was discussing in this interview online about a new album of his that was coming out. And having missed part of the interview, I went back onto Google to find out some more information and started typing Matt Marr in the search line, and the autofill and all the search results instantly dropped a headline that was kind of hard to miss, Matt Marr sentenced for manslaughter. I'm like, whoa, didn't expect that headline to pop up. So of course, my curiosity was piqued and I clicked on the link. Is it any wonder my ADD is out of control? I can never get anything done. Anyway, as you might've guessed, it was a different person who happened to have the same name. This Matthew Marr had quite a different story. Matthew Marr had been drinking, got into a car, was driving home at a high rate of speed on the Atlantic City Expressway. Matthew struck the vehicle of a 55-year-old named Hort Cap, who was a husband and father of six children, who was pronounced dead at the scene. Matthew was arrested and, and charged with aggravated manslaughter and was eventually sentenced to five years and five months in prison, in which he had to serve 85% of his time. Prior to going to prison, though, Matt presented the story of his life called I'm That Guy to over 34 schools in three months, reaching over 7,000 students. And in this powerful testimony of describing how decisions determine destiny, Matt explains that he was that guy that grew up 
achieving in every area of his life. He was a role model. He was active in his community. He excelled in his academics and athletics. He had earned himself a full scholarship to Temple University and eventually had signed a professional contract as a soccer player. Now he's that guy, the drunk driver, who killed an innocent man and ended up in prison. It's sad that such a tragedy had to make Matt Marr realize the truth that he, he should have known, that drunk driving kills innocent people, that it wrecks many lives and families. And it was sad reading this website that was maintained where he was sending updates from jail, where he was sitting alone in his cell every night. And you could read the depth of his remorse when he said, if they told me I could leave prison tomorrow, I would refuse because God is teaching me so much and I have so much to learn. Watching videos, you see Matt breaking down as he apologizes to the, the family face to face in court. And you can't help but tear up as you see Mr. Capp's son hug him in this sign of forgiveness. And as you read on his website, Matthew said that he's going to dedicate himself to honoring the memory of his victim by telling this story about choices and consequences and about how our actions can change countless lives for both good and for bad, which he has. After having been released from prison a few years ago, he's become a pastor and he continues to share his story through writings and through speaking engagements. This story came to mind praying with tonight's gospel because one of the messages that Jesus is talking about is how our actions can change lives, specifically our own life, for both good and for bad. And that these consequences don't just impact us here, but have eternal implications. Jesus tells this really brief story about two brothers who were asked to do something. The father says to them to go take care of his vineyard. One says no and then feels bad and then decides to go. The other says yes and then decides not to. And Jesus uses this really minor and pretty obvious story to get to the bigger issue. He's worried about the religious experts of his day who were initially listening to them and their salvation. Because right after that story, he quickly refers to the fact that prostitutes and tax collectors who were doing more than just a civil service of collecting money for the government. They were helping the enemy Romans and suppressing their own fellow Jews and basically stealing from their fellow Jews by charging a little bit extra that they could pocket for themselves. So prostitutes and tax collectors, when they heard the word of God preached from John the Baptist, they made a radical change. They decided to change their life. They had a conversion, a conversion of heart. But these religious experts didn't. They dismissed the teaching of John. They assumed they knew God well enough. They didn't need to listen to this prophetic call. They were now having that same arrogant indifference towards not a prophet, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So Jesus is worried that a great tragedy is unfolding, that if they continue to choose to be blind to his presence, if they continue to be deaf to his words, they're making a terrible choice that can result in the tragedy. 
them missing out on being part of the kingdom of heaven. You and I need to constantly be reminded of this call to repentance, this call to conversion, this call to turn away from sin is something that we need to hear over and over because the devil is never going to stop trying to, to tempt us. There's never going to be a time when we're completely overcome or overdone, completely done with all temptation. Jesus knows that, and it's why this parable is, is somewhat comforting. Because neither son really acts appropriately, if you think about it. The correct response to the father's command should have been, yes, father, in word and in action. But his example isn't that ideal. Jesus holds up the example of the son who said no to the father's request, but then had that change of heart and mind and then went. And that highlights the fact that Jesus doesn't ever use examples of people who never stray, who never doubt or question when he's teaching. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The Gospels are filled with examples of people who struggle, who disappoint, who do fall away. And consistently, Jesus rejoices in that, that moment of conversion. He holds up as an example the time when the person realizes that they've messed up. And they turn back to him. For Matthew Marr, just watching the video again the other night, I could hear and see in, in vivid detail him recalling all those bad choices that resulted in this tragedy that he has to live with. The decision to drive to wherever he was going to party. The decision to have these extra shots of alcohol. The choice to get behind the car and drive from Philly to Atlantic City. As he replays those decisions and those choices, he's left with this responsibility for what he did. Praise God, Mr. Cap's family were able to get to this, this place of forgiveness for Matt for what he had done. And it's beautiful to see how God is using Matt now, that God's able to draw something good and beautiful out of tragedy. But no doubt, all of them wish that this wasn't the case in the first place. For us, for you and I, our, our story is still unfolding. There are choices and decisions that we're confronted with every day that's either going to bring us closer or further away from the Lord. Wherever we find ourselves right now, though, the importance of being people of both word and action is essential. That we're people of integrity, whose lives, those in public as well as those that are hidden, Reflect that we're, that we're striving to live as a follower of Christ. More than likely, if we're honest, we know that there's a gap there. But the good news is that Jesus does not give up on us. And whether it involves a radical shift in our priorities, in our pursuits, in our passions, or not putting off that confession that we've been thinking that we need to get to, but we just don't get around to doing it. It's not a coincidence that we're hearing this gospel tonight. Our loving Father is constantly calling out to us, looking at us as his sons and daughters, seeing the great potential that's possible within each and every one of us, longing for us to hear that truth, to come back to him, and to go out to his vineyard.